John chapter 3, as we continue in our series in the Gospel of John with a message entitled today, How to Get to Heaven from Here. How to get to heaven from Stephen City and Clearbrook. How do we get to heaven? And we want to find out what God's Word has to say today about that. Well, I don't know about you, but guys, uh, we have uh, a problem when it comes to directions, don't we? We're in the vehicle. We really do. We struggle with this. And uh, how many of you guys know, how many of you men struggle with directions in a car? You know that? Or not No, There's just a couple. Okay. Uh, how many of you women know that men struggle with directions? Isn't that true? Yeah. See, I got a lot more response there. Men just didn't know what the women did. But it can save us a lot of time. If we follow the directions, and it can keep us from many mistakes in our life. I mean, we even have GPS now in our vehicles, and we still get lost, don't we? I mean, I have. I got Apple Maps. I'm looking at it. It takes me down. It's like, this is not where it's at. I mean, this is not the place that I want to be. So this morning, Jesus gives us some directions into how to make it to heaven from Stephen City and Clearbrook. And so John chapter 3 and verse 1, we've come across some very unexpected events in the life of Jesus. And if you'll turn with me there, verse 1, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive my testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how would you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one who's ascended to heaven except he who's descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And this verse that we know so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that he might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Verse 3 is really a key verse in this. 
is truly, truly, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, born again, born again is the theme in these verses today. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Then the second part of today's message will focus on verse 16. There's eight signposts that I want to give you today, eight directional concepts on our way as we're telling somebody how to get to heaven from here. Signpost number one is this, Jesus knows the condition of your heart. We talked about this a little bit last week. Jesus knows the condition of every person's heart that's in this room or in the sound of my voice. He knows where you're at today. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're rejoicing over today. And he says this, Jesus knows the condition of your heart. Here's Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night. He's a very influential man. He's a teacher of Israel. He's a very religious and spiritual person, but Jesus knows exactly what's going on in his life. Remember, Jesus is doing all these signs so that other people would know Jesus. Jesus looks at us. He knows where we're at this morning. He knows the condition of our heart. You can know about Jesus, but not personally know Jesus. Isn't that true? You can know about him, but not personally know him. Hearing the gospel is not the same as embracing the gospel. Just hearing the gospel isn't the same as taking in and embracing the gospel and applying it to our lives. So that's a signpost. He knows the condition. The second one is you can know about Jesus and not personally know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in verse 1, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, You understand this in that day, Nicodemus is an insider, he's a Pharisee, it's a brotherhood of men who have taken an oath to follow the scribal law, 600 different laws that a Pharisee obligated themselves to observe, they knew every single one of them, they not only observed them, they held themselves and tried to hold others to that high standard. And uh, like on the Sabbath, you see that they couldn't do certain things, like Like if um, you ate an egg from a chicken that just hatched it on the Sabbath, what would happen is you'd have to kill the chicken because the chicken worked on the Sabbath. Isn't that crazy? All of these crazy laws, so on and so forth, they're into these rules. They're great at at keeping the rules. He is also uh, on the Jewish Supreme Court in that day. He's highly respected, but doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And Jesus looks at the condition of Nicodemus's heart and knows that he is absolutely spiritually dead. He knows it. He comes to Jesus at night. And if you look at this word night, it's more than just a darkness. It is, it carries with it in John the symbolism. It's metaphorical of moral and spiritual darkness And you will stumble, we have to understand, look at this, you and I will always stumble if we're walking in darkness. Why? Because the light's not in you. And Jesus sees right into Nicodemus that he is in darkness. He comes to Jesus at night because, why? He is worried what others will think of him. Listen, when a person can't talk spiritual truth, that's one of the signs to know that they don't know God, that they don't know God, because when you know him, you just want to talk about him, right? 
you realize what he's done for you and that he is so wonderful. If you believe that, say amen. He is so wonderful. You talk about him. Verse 2, this man came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher from God. For no one can do these signs unless God is with him. He's assuming he can look at a sign, Nicodemus, and he can watch Jesus and he's able to make a correct spiritual judgment. He contrasts it with verse 3, and Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus thinks he knows, but he doesn't really know. He thinks he does, but it's until you and I know Jesus personally, we're not capable of making it to heaven. The issue is, have you been born again? I sound loud up here. Am I loud down there? Is everything okay? All right, that's good, because I don't want you to feel like I'm shouting at you and blow you back. It's just loud where I'm at. Signpost number three. You can't go to heaven unless you are born again. Born again is a brand new you. It is the best version of you ever, all right? It's like you were born all over again. It's like, it's a great metaphor of being born. Let me just ask you this. Every person in this room, did you do anything to be born? Did you? I mean, no, we didn't. Did you really work hard to be born when you were born out of your mother's womb? Did you work really hard to do that? No, we didn't. That's not a trick question, by the way, either. Some of you are like, I'm not really sure. No, you didn't, okay? And your mother will tell you that. You and I received a free gift of life, and we did nothing to earn it. He does for us what we could never do for ourselves, just as a mother does for every single baby. Number four, being born again is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit inside of our hearts. It's a supernatural work. Verse four, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? That's a great question. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He understands this. He can't physically go back into his mother's womb. And every mom here says, bless the Lord. Amen. That he is the greatest teacher in the land of Israel during the time of Jesus, except for Jesus. And Jesus comes along and says, none of these things that he thought would get him into heaven could take place. He's like, how can I start over again? He's looking at this again through the eyes of his upbringing like, oh, out of my own traditions, is that how I make it? Out of our own thoughts, that our own morality will save us. But Jesus says, you must be born again, and it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is where Jesus answered him in verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is not talking about water baptism here, but this is about a purification that comes into our life when God touches us at the point of salvation. That you and I uh, have to realize this. You don't have to go clean up from a substance abuse or sin, you just come just as you are to Jesus and he will clean you up today. Amen? So many people think, well, I got to do this and I got to work hard and I got to try to prepare. No, you just come just like you are and Jesus can change your heart and change your life because that is what God does the best because you and I can't clean ourselves up enough to come to Jesus. We just need to come to him. Amen? He's able to do it. 
when the heart is changed, the mouth and our feet follow. It's a supernatural work. It's something he does. It's not us. And he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what's born of the spirit is spirit. And the flesh will only do what the flesh does. What does the flesh do? Sin. Because our flesh is sinful. He's saying that is going to perform that way because that is what happened. Because we were all born into sin. It's sinful. But he says, listen, spirit produces spirit. The spirit of God that comes into our lives will, will blossom in our lives in the form of abundant life and abundant living. It is absolutely supernatural. The, the body of Christ has to just get comfortable with the work of the supernatural in these days. Now, listen, you didn't hear me say get freaky and get weird. I'm saying the body of Christ has got got to get comfortable with the words that Jesus is saying, that it is a supernatural act of God that comes and changes lives. Amen? He says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He says, listen, you won't make it to heaven unless you are born again. Everybody is going to live forever. It's just what you do with Jesus that will determine where you live and spend eternity. It's a must and he says, there's absolutely no other option out there. That's what he's talking to Nicodemus about. Number five, signpost, to be born again is a step of faith. And so many want to try to make sense of it before they come to Jesus. Ephesians 2, for by grace you've been saved through faith. By grace, through faith, this is not of your own doing, it's a gift of God. Look at verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You and I can't see the wind. We can see particles that are in the wind that are caught up, leaves, dirt, whatever it may be that's flying around. But, but you and I can feel the wind there are some here today that you can sense the presence of the Lord. You can sense it around you, but you can't sense it in you. you. You may not even understand all the concepts of wind, the currents and the power of the wind, but the Spirit of God is like that. You can't see it, but you feel it, and you know that he is in this place, and he, is, he can be in your life, and when you're born again, he comes and takes up residence inside of you, and he breathes with currents of air. Amen? Nicodemus said to them, how can this thing be? What? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and you didn't understand these things? Wow, he's challenging his thinking now. There's something greater going on. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we, plural, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity have seen. But you did not receive our testimony. Mm. If I told you earthly things, you do not believe them. How can you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? Being born again is living a supernatural existence. And it's lived out of faith because it requires faith every single day to live the Christian life. You and I, for the most part, there may be a mechanic here, don't understand how your car really works. Today, you went and got in your car, you pushed a button or you turned the key in the ignition, but we have to realize there's an act of faith that's taking place in our lives, and this is where Jesus is getting Nicodemus to in the midst of the conversation that God, we have to understand, speaks to us. Over 300 times in the Bible, it says that he said, meaning God said. 
Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven except he who is descended from heaven, the son of man. What is he telling him? Jesus has done this. I've done this before, Jesus said. So Nicodemus, you can follow me and it's going to take faith from your life. Signpost number six, you must look to Jesus to be born again. There is salvation only in Jesus' name, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No person comes to the Father except through me. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's referencing this Old Testament story that Nicodemus would have known very well. It was in his studies of Numbers 21. The children of Israel in the desert God is taking care of their needs. There's manna, there's a cloud, there's water that they drink from the rock, and people are grumbling. Isn't it amazing? God is providing for his people, and they're still complaining. Wow, not much has changed, has it? That's for sure. God has had enough, and you got to remember in the Old Testament, they're under the law. They're not under grace in the New Testament. God sends poisonous serpents among the people. The snakes bite the people, and The people tell Moses, we have sinned against God and you. They realize that. And God tells Moses, you need to make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who was bitten, when they look to it, they shall be saved. So Moses made a bronze serpent. Numbers 21. You see, set on a pole. When they looked at it, they would live. And just like that story, Nicodemus, does that make sense to you? Probably didn't make any sense to him. But when you're going to die, and that's the only way to live, is if you'll look to the serpent, you're going to look, right? You've been bitten by the serpent, you have sinned, and there is no earthly cure. That is what he's saying. But on the cross, the one who was out without sin was made sin for you and me, so that when we look to him, we will live and have eternal life that whoever, verse 15, believes in him may have eternal life. You can look to Jesus today and live. If you believe that, say yes. You can look to Jesus today and live. And Jesus tells Nicodemus of the great love for all of mankind in this. Then comes a verse that shows up more places People know this verse more than any other in the Bible. It's etched into jewelry, written on posters, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. I just wonder, would you just uh, read it together? You'll see it on the screen behind me. Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We know it well. Number seven, the signpost, being born again, is recognizing and responding to the greatness of God's love. The word for, for God, gives us the cause for God's plan of redemption that he describes to Nicodemus. The cause is his love for us. The greatness of God's love is magnified by the little adverb, so, which describes the manner of love that he has for the whole world. It's not just that God loved the world, but that he so loved the world that he gave. It's just not how much God loved the world. It's about the way that God loved us. What was that? The tense of the verb love takes into account all the actions of God's love and views them as one great central 
fact. It takes into account all of history gone by and all of eternity to come. God loved, God loves so deeply. It's the world that has resulted that you and I would recognize and respond to the fact that God sent his only son. And because of that, we would accept the greatness of his love into our life. God sent Jesus to us to recognize and respond to that great love. It's an announcement of the Son of God that came to save, to grant eternal life, to gather you and me into life forever. The world is the object of God's love. See, to a Pharisee like Nicodemus, they thought God only loved Jews. He comes upon the scene and he opens up and he broadens the perspective of this Jewish religious leader, Nicodemus, in John chapter 3. And Jesus comes upon the scene and said, listen, I just didn't die for the Jews. I came to die for the whole world. I came to die for every single person that has ever lived. And, and he says, that's the object of, of my love to them. And that's a, a very astounding. Consider this, though, how a person will respond in love to someone that loves them. How, how a person will respond in, in, to someone that loves them. Oh, let's look at this. Two people meet, find something attractive in the other, and they, 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 they're kind to each other, and they, they show interest, and, and a friendship forms, and loving actions take place. And it, it took me back, uh, this, again, as preparing for this, is like the, the early days of meeting Kristen in Bible college, and going back, and, and uh, we saw each other, and um, I was very interested. She was not very interested, okay? And it took some time. But then as we grew closer and we built a friendship and there was an attraction, and I remember that, that time with, uh, we were getting ready to go on spring break and it was the Friday night. She was getting ready to fly to Florida to be with her family and I was getting ready to drive back to Iowa and be with my family for spring break. And I remember that night in the mailroom where we spent a lot of that night, late, late night, talking and finding common ground. And we were attracted to each other and we still are attracted to each other. And we still talk a lot of hours to each other about goals and dreams and the love that we have and for our family and what God wants to do. And how many of you know, we shouldn't stop talking to our spouse, amen. We should just keep that going and keep growing that and building that. And I just wanna give a big shout out to those of you that came to our ex weekend. It was such a powerful weekend. Those of you that were here with us, and uh, it's an event that we do every year and put it on as we simulcast. There's, it simulcasts so many incredible speakers, and couples grow, and people that are married, and people that are getting ready to be married, and I just want to say thank you for coming out, because it was a powerful, life-changing weekend. But you know, we realize that there's attraction and we respond many times to someone's love because they loved us. You know, and sometimes a commitment is not made until there's a belief that the other person will love them, right? There was nothing attractive about us, and God did not need us. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, but God set his affection on mankind, and he was good to all men. Wow. Even in our rebellion, Today, God still loves us. 
God even loves those who hate him. And today, if you hate God, he still loves you. And you can never change that. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, verse 17, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he is not believed in the name of the son, the only son of God. And this is the judgment. Light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light, right? He says this, man, they've loved that because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So the eighth signpost is this. Being born again means we understand there are real daily consequences. Now, just hang with me on this last point for just a moment. Because in knowing that our eternal destination is in Jesus when we accept him, this eighth signpost is very important as well. There are consequences in our daily walk and our daily relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. Jesus' coming brings with it opposing realities that you and I are faced with today tomorrow, if we're here, Lord willing. And the first one he talks about is condemnation and salvation. Condemnation. He says, listen, I haven't come to condemn you. I don't do that. He says, I've come to bring you salvation. But he said, inside of this, he's saying, there's a judgment to come, not based on nationality or language, but on our individual response to Jesus Christ. That, that's where it's at. That's why Romans 8.1 says, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Those that are in Christ Jesus, you cannot be condemned. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you. Then he talks about believing and not believing in this. For those who believe, there is no judgment. So the one who believes in Jesus has been saved from their sins because Jesus took our judgment. But what's powerful in this is what he says is, not believing in Jesus today means you are already judged. But believing means the judgment is removed. Wow. So you're like, wow, that, that's a game changer. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That has a lot to do with our response and our daily consequences with the Lord. Then it comes, he says, then there is, he says, you could either stay in the darkness or you can come into the light. Loving the light means hating the darkness of sin. You have to seek the light, love the truth, and practice it. He says, you can also do evil or you can do what is true. Yeah, any one of us on a daily basis, we could either do what is evil or we can do what is true and do what's righteous. And so these opposites are expressed in the sharp distinction that is created when our dark cosmos is entered into by the light of God. That we didn't realize we were in darkness because that's all we knew, but when Jesus entered into the scene, we realized how darkened and evil and sinful we really were and are. As Jesus comes in, we either trust him, we trust his gracious love, or we do not. We receive eternal life or we'll continue to live apart from God 
condemn. And so John says there are real consequences in our daily walk and our life with him. And please hear me. This doesn't mean you can lose your salvation one day and get another. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's like some people feel, oh, well, I accepted Jesus. And so, you know, like I'm easy. next week I've got to accept Jesus again. You know, we get so freaky about this. You know what I'm talking about? But, but there is a way that, yeah, you can by over and over again rebelling against God that, hey, you know what? You've, you've come out of relationship with him. God's love is constant. But we have to realize inside of that that so many people, I, I don't want to make this a, a point where, oh, my gosh, we've got to fear that, hey, we're going to lose our salvation, you know, here. And, well, people can. They could. So he brings these contrasting statements in. And so he comes and says, will you trust me or will you not? And so he says there's real consequences. And there's, these verses are embedded in a story where Jesus continues to engage, argue, persuade people who are slowly transformed into believers. John 3, Nicodemus is the seeker by night who is left in a bit of confusion because he kind of fades in the story, doesn't he? But then as we get to John chapter 19, Nicodemus comes upon the story again. Well, he, where he's there, he helps care for Jesus' body. And he's emerged from darkness into light over the course of Jesus' ministry. So my question to you today is, have you ever been so truly and consistently desired by anyone else as you are by God. Do you want to know how God loved us? Jesus. Jesus. It's absolutely him. It's the relationship that he wants us to have. Jesus is enough. Some of the things I couldn't really point out in this is... Um, he ties in the whole theme through this chapter of there is no limit to God's love. There, there is absolutely no limit to the love of God today. No limit. None of us can exhaust it. But God didn't say, hey, I hope you make it. Wrote a love letter. Hey, you know, thinking about you. I hope you get well. No, he sent Jesus. Jesus is God's expression of love and longing, everlasting life. So that's how we get to heaven from here. That's how we get to heaven from here. So as God is tugging upon your heart today for many different reasons, maybe it's not knowing him, you don't, you don't, you, you're in judgment. Or you do know him and there's people in your life that do not know him. Today, would you take a moment and and, and we're going to pray for them by the time we're done here today and believe for their life. One of the things I was struck with this morning, and, and I shared it with the first services in my prayer time, is just how the Lord just, I just want to just share this with you and you take it, judge it. And, but I really sense God speaking to me and to us is don't be surprised at those who are about ready to come to Jesus. Don't be surprised. Listen, as we're seeing 
darkness, such darkness in the world we live in and chaos, Jesus is the light and he is shining strong. And listen, there are people that are beginning, I begin to, I'm beginning to see this, I think you are too, that even though it seems to be getting darker, the brightness is coming through where people are beginning to stand up for their faith in God more than ever before. Do you see this? Yeah. People are going to speak up in government. People are going to begin to speak up. We're, we're seeing in the secular music world people that are beginning to make a claim that, that they serve the Lord and that they love the Lord. They've been changed. I understand we need to judge the fruit because I, I get that. I get that. I just, and uh, we, we do need to do that. But, but listen, um, let's not be so hardened against people that are coming to Jesus. We think, oh, they could never come to the Lord. I'm going to tell you what. Come on. God is a God that works the supernatural. There's going to be people in our communities, in our societies. There's going to be people in our homes that are going to make the difference. They're going to stand out amongst the rest and begin to proclaim their salvation and their love for God that are going, it's going to be astounding. But listen, don't be surprised by it. Don't be surprised by your husband or wife or uh, your child or your grandchild coming to the Lord. And, um, you know, after we, we, in the first service, we asked for a raise of hands for those that had come to Jesus. There was nobody that I could see raise their hands. But by the end, um, uh, Derek Cheney came and got me, and we prayed over a, a a young man down front here that was in absolute tears and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into his life and started a new relationship with him, with the Lord Jesus today. Let, let me tell you something. I mean, just let's just expect God to show up and bring salvation to our homes. And let, let's really believe this for the people that you have been been praying for and, and uh, people on your campus and uh, in your workplace and in your homes and your marriages, church. Let's come on. Let's just not get tired of praying for people to come to Jesus. God's put you in that place to shine the light of the truth of the gospel. Come on, church. Let's, let's do this in this day. And so let's believe. But let's, hey, don't be surprised at the people that are about ready to come to Jesus. It's going to be amazing. Amen. So I put that in your spirit today that God just wanted me to speak that out and that we would just believe in that today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the supernatural work of your spirit. That, Lord, it is a step of faith to come to you, even for Nicodemus, that he knew over 600 scribal laws. Lord, in his heart, frontward, backwards, upside down, he knew all of them. But even being that great teacher, didn't realize, Lord, when you came upon the scene, that there was a way to be born again. And Lord, you helped open the eyes of his understanding. God, I pray that your spirit would open the eyes of the understanding of every person in this room. Lord God, every person, the sound of my voice. Lord God, I pray right now, open the eyes of understanding that people would come to the saving knowledge and the truth of Jesus Christ in these days. Thank you for what you're doing, that you're bringing young people, Lord. Lord, that have never known you, that are going to know you. And through that, Lord Jesus, that they are going to win numerous people to the Lord on their campus. Lord God, in, in, in our homes, Lord God, that will, that will change, Lord I just feel so strongly for 
People that are here today that you've served the Lord and your spouse hasn't known the Lord and there's been such fighting and there's been such disagreement and there's been such dissension and the Lord says, I will save them and I will touch their heart. I died for them. And there will be a unity in your home that you have never sensed before. Not only to you, but to you and your household, the Bible says. There will be salvation to grandchildren, to children that are running from you. I pray for people in the first service that their child is running from the Lord. God, we pray for them today, Lord God. We believe and we speak over them that, Lord, that they would know you, Lord God, as the way and the truth and the life. Our, our co-workers, Lord, the people that bash us for our relationship in you, God, that they would come to you. We believe that we call the kingdom of God forward, Lord, and believe over them, God. People in our government that will stand up and will stand out and believe righteousness exalts a nation, Lord God, would do it. Lord, in the music scene, in the secular music scene, bring those forward, God, that has such a passion and a heart for you, Lord God, that would win countless people lord jesus to you god call them out we pray that actors and actresses lord god i pray that would it would take place and it would happen god you are calling them by name today i believe that god and so that lord that our communities can be changed our our nation can be changed for the for the glory of jesus lord i pray that now and i, I believe that now and i speak that forward according to your word and Lord, then I pray for people that are here today that do not know you. And so I speak that forward today that Lord, there's people in this room that have not known you and that Lord, you are tugging upon their heart today to find you. And so today, sir, ma'am, young person in this room, Will you make that decision to come to Christ? And if you will, would you just right now just say, you know what, it is my moment. It is my hour to come to Christ. And if i doing that today, would you just stretch your hand out and say, Christ, come and live inside of me. Can I see your hands across this place? Come on. I see that hand over here, my back. I see this one. Anyone? Balcony. I saw two hands down here. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand there. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I see that hand here. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord, for drawing people's lives, Lord. You put your hands down. Father, I thank you right now that there are people that have made the decision now and that, Lord, you have promised brand new, brand new beginnings today. Lord, as they are accepting you in, as they are saying, Jesus, come and live in me. Forgive and cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Cleanse their heart, cleanse their life, wash them, Lord, that you are set, setting them on a new course today. So, Lord, I bless you for that. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. We pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on. I think there are about three or four hands that raised their hand, so about five total. Come on, can you thank the Lord? The Lord, we bless you today, and thank you for salvation. So, Lord, bless you. We bless you today. As every person is standing to their feet, those of you that raise your hands, I'd love to speak with you right up here, our pastoral staff, our ministry team. But also, before you go today, those of you that want to stay, we want to pray for those in your life that don't know Christ, whether it's a family member or a friend. 
that as you make your way forward today, before you leave, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them by name. We're going to call their name out. And we're going to believe that they are going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So God bless you. We'll be back next week again for our next part in the series on the Gospel of John. And let's go shine the light this week. In Jesus' name, amen.